Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Weird Norfolk to me is kind of a cabinet of curiosities of all the folklore and ghost stories and, and strange interesting places to visit in Norfolk. Weird Norfolk to me is like an encyclopedia of oddity. Ghosts, UFOs, hauntings, amazing stones, folklore, magical stories. My name's Shifra Connor. I'm the curator and researcher for Weird Norfolk. And I'm Stacia Briggs and I write Weird Norfolk. Welcome to Weird Norfolk. Today we're going to be talking about a Norwich classic, uh, The Haunting of 19 Magdalene Street. 19 Magdalene Street looks like an ordinary shop, but behind the facade, a different story is told. One of typewriters works by invisible hands, floating paper, spectral mists in corridors, eerie footsteps, and the presence of a spirit known as Sarah, whose untimely end in the attic has left her in ghostly limbo. Our story begins when the unassuming building was one of Norwich's houses of ill repute. It is unknown whether residence ghost Sarah was a working girl, or if she was coerced into the attic by an aggressive customer, but the encounter led to a violent struggle and her death by strangulation. Some stories say her murderer was brought to justice and hanged, Others that he walked away from the scene of the crime, leaving Sarah caught between two worlds. In the decades that followed Sarah's death, number 19 has passed through a series of owners, many of whom share head-raising tales of sharing the building with an unquiet spirit. <gasps> this is a classic, isn't it? It is. I think, I believe it or not, I'm not originally from Norfolk. But when I first moved here, I think this was one of the very first stories that I heard. Mm. Like, I, I was in high school when I moved here, so I think I must have heard, been told it by the kids in the playground. I remember I used to go to a night, like the best nightclub um, in Was Norwich. it Fat Paulie's? It was, no, I it was not. That. Not that that was Although the I had best. been there. No, it was the Jackard, <laughs> which was kind of right down the other end of Magdalen Street. And um, it, really unassuming, bizarre. You went into a yard, you went, it was upstairs and downstairs. It was amazing, like an alternative club. And mm. uh, they always used to play Rock the Casbah by The Clash <laughs> as the last song. And uh, so we used to walk back that way in the early hours of the morning. And I remember being told that when probably clutching a kebab shop mm. pizza um, about that. So in us kind of like slack jawed, staring at. Mm. See, up. I wonder if actually it might have been coming back from Fat Paulie's. Not mm. that I went to things like that underage or no, anything absolutely but not. it probably it could well have been walking back from fat paulie's along that along magdalene street yeah in the, and magdalene street is fabulous isn't it yeah. I, I just love magdalene street yeah. i love everything about it i love i just love the way it looks i love the fact that it's got all those odd yards and those higgledy piggledy buildings and you can the history is literally everywhere isn't it yeah i think there's, you, it feels like old norwich yeah, like, it I feel really like, does feel yeah. like old Norwich, even though it's got 
um, Anglia Square, which and the I slums also would have all obviously. Yeah. Been, but yeah, Anglia Square is a whole another wonderful yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly, amazing. So I mean, but having said that, the one bad thing about Anglia Square is that it did cause that things were kind of raised to the ground mm. that probably shouldn't. Well, have we been. nearly lost um, Elm Hill because of yeah. it, didn't we? Yeah, it was like yeah. one vote to save it. Like, like in, yeah. Well, well done. Doesn't even like bear thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, and there's all these kind of lost roads and lost churches. I think it's probably got the most churches in a small area mm. in Norwich. Having said that, some of them are gone. And I was looking up kind of all these excavations that have been in the area of thousands of skeletons found when wow. they, which were probably either English Civil War or plague or, I mean, it is everywhere. Mm. That history is everywhere. And, and somehow, that little bit of of Magdalene Street where number nineteen is, it just it you can feel something a bit magical around yeah, there. Yeah, I think you? so, definitely. Yeah. Um, the building itself, um, there's been a building on that site for at least three hundred years, but mm. probably a yeah, lot longer. Um, I'm not sure of the exact date that it was built, um, but it has been altered a lot. The only kind of remnants of the original building, they think, is some flint rubble. Like, there's a, a, th- a flint wall towards the back. And it was actually originally one big building, but it got knocked into two, or made into two buildings, yeah. which is number 19 and number 21. Mm. Um, so that was quite interesting. So the pub, at some point, might have been And the, the attic where she was said to have been killed... That's blocked, isn't it, now, that top bit, or the window is? The window is blocked because you can see that from the outside. Yeah. Um, it was renovated. We, we actually spoke to the owner in 2006 who renovated it. Um, but I don't know if it, you can still go up in the attic. That yeah. would be interesting to find out. It would be out. amazing to go up yeah. there, wouldn't it? I mean, I'm sure that... I'm, I'm fairly sure you can't because yeah. I would imagine that the number of paranormal investigators that would have been up there yeah. and posted online would have been immense. Yeah. But it would be great to go out there. Do you think, what's your money on? Was Sarah, not that it matters, do you think she was a working girl who had an awful customer or do you think she was a customer who had an awful encounter? I don't know. I've not really thought about it. I don't know. Do you think it makes a... A difference? I, I don't think it makes a difference. I think it. I think it's kind of. I wonder if she's come back because she was wrongly branded as a sex worker. Ah, interesting. Um, I mean, not that you know you had to make a living, didn't you? Yeah. But I wonder if that is one of the reasons why she so comes back. So not only is it the crime, which of course against women and against women in that industry in particular was not sadly anything out of the ordinary was Mm. it you know it was an incredibly as is as it is today an incredibly dangerous job an incredibly dangerous place to be regardless of whether you're working or not um I mean no excuses but I kind of wondered if you weren't if you weren't a working girl if you weren't a sex worker and you were your story throughout the centuries that's how you've been remembered yeah i wondered if that was part of the story because i I often wonder that about women who were executed who were accused of witchcraft yeah because they would have been horrified to know that they've been remembered as being witches whereas probably like 99 percent of them did not practice witchcraft at all no so that kind of you can see why people would have like an unrest like a yeah yeah, that you would not be able to rest, that you would be caught between... Yeah, yeah. because cause you, 
horrified at what you've been remembered as. Yeah, I just wondered. That was the only yeah, reason I brought it up. It doesn't. Her life is her life, and it's of no concern whether she was working or not. But I, I, you just know that people's preconceptions about certain types, mm. certain types of people, certainly at that time, yeah. you know, that would have that would have crucified her family, wouldn't yeah. it, if she was known as, yeah. a, as a sex worker. Yeah, and if that was the story, you know, if she started ha- haunting, or if that was the story that had been spread about what happened. Mm she might feel like her family's reputation had been tarnished and she feels like she needs some kind of acknowledgement yeah. that she wasn't yeah. a, a sex worker. Because normally these um, ghosts who are attached to a building, and I was going to talk to you about that, I mean, we haven't actually done the whole story yet, but this business of ghosts and spirits is very different, isn't it? Mm. So if you're talking about a ghost, generally they are attached to one place, aren't yeah. they? So they're attached to one place, and that's normally because of something, something that's, happened. that's happened, which makes sense in this case because obviously, although she is only up the road from the Grey Lady, of course, isn't yeah. she as well? Yeah. You kind of wonder if they have a meeting, a friendship yeah. on the bridge. Yeah, you just pop along, yeah. see you at Five Bridge. Yeah. Um, it's the whole area is quite kind of yeah. you know charged, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, these, this idea of the ghost being linked to that place because of this event that means it cannot move. Um, but tell me a bit about what happened, what has happened at I mean, the so place. much has, stuff has happened there. Mm. Um, the building itself has had like a crazy amount of history and it's been used for so many different things. And I, I wonder if maybe that has something to do with that kind of like constant changing, maybe keeps the spirit kind mm. of restless. Yeah. So it was... It was a pub since, there's a a record of there being a pub there called the Red Lion from 1806. It was probably there for a lot longer, but that's the first like official record. Um, Then it became, so it was a pub all the way through then, from then to um, 1956 when it became the Viking Stores, which is, I think they just got fed up of running a pub, so they thought they'd have a land, like (laughs) an off license instead. Um, and it wasn't actually an off-licence for very long. It was up for, put up for rent in 1962, um, at which point it became um, the... Oh, what was it called? Radio Rentals? Yeah. yeah. Was it not a boot and shoe shop at some point? Oh, yeah. It has been a boot and yeah. shoe. I'm not sure like which order it was. Yeah. Because... I think it was before it was a wine merchant's, I okay. think. I think it was... So it maybe did, it had a little boot break. Boot and shoe off license and then it became radio rentals i think and then it's been a travel agent yeah a pet shop charity headquarters and oxfam headquarters yeah and then then after that it's been like an antique shop it's been a sewing shop or like a haberdashery um and a gift shop yeah so it's like it has been interesting that it's been used in so many different ways it's like nothing can really settle there yeah like shifting the only thing that's bit that has settled is alcohol related yeah. so i did put in my notes maybe we should make it to a pub again it'd be nice wouldn't Can it you imagine that'd little be a really nice little bar easy. wouldn't it yeah it'd be lovely yeah, yeah we should put it to arboretum they could be there yeah number two yeah <laughs> i see so it was it was radio rentals who were the first to know yeah. there was a an issue yeah so it must have i think that must have been in the 1960s at some point yeah, 70s, um, maybe, maybe 70s. Well, in 73 was when we got the letter. Yeah. So she hadn't worked there for a while. We will get to the letter shortly. So I think it must have been late 60s, early mm. 70s. So they reported 
footsteps, slamming of doors, a strange grey smoke which appeared out of nowhere in a corridor. I've just been writing about this ecto mist. Oh, ecto mist. Which is different to plasm. What's the difference? Um, one's a mist. What's the a pla- <laughs> is a plasma goo? I think so. Yeah. Uh, so ecto mist is so when I, I just wrote about Phil Mulderston for a certain publication we have coming up. And then um, that is believed to be ecto mist because ah. it's kind of like a swirling mist that can then go without warning. Mm. Um, so I imagine that's so ecto mist. So it's a ghost that appears as a mist. Basically. That's really interesting. Mm. And that's not sarcastic. That was actually interesting. It did, did sound a bit sarcastic. Sorry, I didn't mean it to. Really I think I've just got a sarcastic Banks. voice. <laughs> like so I always have to like verify like. that I'm not being. <laughs> if I don't add, I'm not being sarcastic at the end. You know, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> Exclamation mark. It's kind of the the vocal equivalent of resting bitch face. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm glad you weren't being sarcastic. I wasn't being I'm sarcastic. I'm glad you like Ecto Mist. Good. Um, there have been so many reports at Radio Rentals that the the manager at the time actually decided to stay for a night to kind of to see if there was any happenings. And unfortunately, um, sorry, I didn't that actually was. turn up. So that was a bit frustrating. Cheers. Um, and then in. In January 1973, a lady called Pat Simmons, who was actually the secretary at Radio Rentals, wrote to the Evening News. And I think that this had been prompted by um, a paranormal investigation there, which we'll, we'll get on to. Um, do you want to read Pat's email? Yeah, um, not email. Become, she will... didn't email. She didn't email. She's not magic. <laughs> she, <laughs> she wrote, wrote a it letter. on a typewriter, which comes into this later, doesn't it? <laughs> Um, poor, poor Sarah. If it wasn't bad enough being foully done to death in a pub of ill repute, now the poor soul can't even find any understanding. For two years I worked as a secretary at 19 Magdalen Street. On many, many occasions I was the only person in the whole locked up building. There I would sit, tapping away at my typewriter on the first floor, with an empty boarded up shop on one side and a closed on Thursday afternoon <laughs> on the other. Oh yes, Sarah was certainly around. Footsteps, drafts and all, but no clanking chains. But even though I don't think I would have run screaming, she didn't favour me with a personal, full frontal (laughs) visitation. Pity, really. We could have had a nice chat together. That's such a 1973 letter, isn't it? Yeah, it was You can imagine your nan writing that. It's a shame, isn't it? She didn't turn up. It would have been nice. I think, yeah, I I, I think that's really nice that she did write in. Yeah. Um, So after... Radio rentals and Pat's experiences and things. It was uh, taken over by Oxfam, and that was 1972. They blamed Sarah for their declining volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sarah. Oh, no. um, well, to be fair, she does then up the ante a little bit, doesn't yeah. she? So on one occasion, there was a report. I think she was being helpful. I do too. So all of the women's garments from a bin bag... Um, of donated clothes had been taken out and neatly folded despite being in a locked room which no one could access i mean that's like classic poltergeist activity it is well, it? well you say it's classic but normally poltergeists don't like do well, the washing up or do the hoovering they well if they do then it'll be like balanced in weird ways wouldn't it yeah but they don't they're not generally kind of massively no. helpful are they no i guess not you know i mean i think if if poltergeist the film had involved it kind of <laughs> emptying the dishwasher <laughs> and doing the lawn. You'd, it wouldn't have been quite no, so terrifying, it would it? it? wouldn't. It would have lost something in translation. 
But um, yes, yeah, so she tidied up, yeah. basically. And, and I think there were reports of that in the paper. And then our very favourite paranormal oh. investigation group yes, got involved. Yes, boy band. Um, yeah. The Borderline Science Investigation Group from Lowestoft Three. spent the night there. Woo! And I think we've shared this picture, and we did speak to Ivan a little bit best about this, didn't we? Best picture of but all time. The best picture of all time of all of them lined up looking is, like a boy band. When we do a conceptual album, bands are front cover. It's it? just brilliant. It's amazing. Amazing. It's picture. like just like the most perfect seventies yeah. picture. Will you share that picture yeah. as well on Instagram? Yeah, when definitely. It comes? Please do. Definitely. Please do. Um, so using high tech equipment. The group, yeah. <laughs> well, it was high tech for the time. At the time, yeah. Um, the group kept visual, visual, <laughs> kept visual and vigil, vigil, probably. from yeah. nine pm till four am, and they wrote it up in the lantern. <gasps> in put the lantern. I know you have put the lantern. Oh I my think God, this I'm is so before. sorry. This is before we knew. Is it shouldn't say in the lantern. It should say in lantern. Mm. Dear, oh dear. Winter nineteen seventy three slash seventy four. So they were amazing at keeping records and Incredible. writing up their mm. experiences. And it's it's so good to see, like, a group that's so... not I don't want to say sceptical, because then, then some of them were and some of them weren't, but they just keep the records so balanced, don't they? Yeah. Um, they, are, they are the scullies, aren't yeah. they? And actually, it gets a bit mulled up at this one, doesn't it? Yeah, because it does a little bit. they actually found something, yeah. which but, is quite unusual. Yeah, because normally in there, they're really honest about yeah, what they experience. And a happens. lot of the time, either nothing happens or yeah. they could explain it. So yeah. with this account from 19 Magdalene Street, they did actually experience a few yeah. unusual things. Mm. Um, do you want to read it or shall I? Um, I don't want to take over all the talking. Do you want me to? So they, they spent the night in the front showroom, didn't they? And one of them went to the toilet uh, and it says, To my astonishment, the originally locked door swung violently open with no apparent physical explanation. But no one was there to substantiate this. Isn't that always the way? Mm. As if this wasn't strange enough, a tape recorder picked up a woman's voice saying something like, We know you're there. Or... Who's there? <laughs> I wonder. Ooh. I would. I really wish they like Kept still have it. it. I know. It'd be so good to play I know. it. It would be incredible, wouldn't it? Incredible. They followed this up a year later because obviously the Oxfam manager. <laughs> this is quite a good one, isn't it? The yeah. Oxfam manager kept in contact, and um, Sarah made her most daring appearance to date, which is actually out of all of her kind of experience, you know things that have happened everything seems quite small but this one is something that actually would probably scare me yeah she caused an icy draft to paralyze the oxfam manager from the waist down um he was stopped in his tracks and he watched a rack of clothes clothes moving in front of him and then a bluish cloud gathered forth force above the rack and then it floated out of the room and glided up the stairs um, understandably, he was very shaken and he called for help from some mediums who said that they'd made contact with a spirit who felt a connection to a dress on the rack, which is mm. quite interesting because that... I don't, I don't think that is true. The whole thing of it, it could have been it's very attached to something. It's a very easy explanation, isn't it? I mean, she's been around for... It's hardly likely that 
a dress from the 1800s would be hanging up in Oxfam in the 1970s, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah. And she probably wouldn't have gone, oh, that's nice. Oh, that. blimey. Uh, do you know, every time I've read this, that's the first time I haven't read it to be that he's naked from the West End. <laughs> in my mind, he is. Um, <laughs> but I don't think he is now reading it back. No, I don't think he is. <laughs> and then we, we kind of shoot forward to 2006 when there's an interview with Brian Roberts who bought number 19, mm. unaware of its ghostly yeah, past. They didn't mention that at the auction. Like 2000, I mean, this like 2006, this story had been kicking around for a really long time. Yeah. New Google, houses, Google, Google the houses. house you're going to live in to make sure there isn't a malevolent or at least a bit difficult spirit mm. involved. We do, every time. It's worked for us. Yeah. Well, Depends almost. what you want. Um, yeah, so they and then there was a seance, wasn't there? Yeah, so he said that he. So the report from in the paper said there'd been a seance held by Oxfam staff. And he, but, but Mr. Roberts, the new buyer, was just fascinated by it. He wasn't frightened. No, and he hadn't had any experiences no. either. No. Um, so it, it almost feels like it goes a bit quiet, but when we first did this story in 2018. I did go along. It was your first kind of on the job. Yeah, I was absolutely terrified. I, I couldn't do it for some reason, no, could I? I, I was like really scared. Yeah. Not of sorrow. I got right clammy hands. I was like, excuse me. Hello. I'm, I'm with the paper. Have you got a ghost? <laughs> so you went along, so didn't I did, you? I to number 19. Yeah. And um, just to ask if they'd had any experiences themselves. And they said that they hadn't heard had anything um but they had been told stories about previous tenants um one of which was when it was the gift shop which is this is quite creepy yeah this is um they opened the shop one morning to find all of the mirrors were turned around which is a bit strange it is and then another when it was the pet shop was it I think it was Ron's lizards Ron's reptiles Ron's reptiles it wasn't Ron's lizards it's going to be Ron's (laughs) reptiles isn't it Illiterative Ron and his reptiles. Um, yeah, he'd come into the shop one morning to find all of the cabinets taped up with, is it gaffer tape? Or? Yeah. So that's quite creepy. And they had been told about an exorcism in the shop in the nineteen eighties. And although they hadn't experienced anything strange themselves, like really strange, like seen anything, they had. There was one time when there was a customer in the back of the shop, and I did go into this little back bit. It's quite creepy in there. And without warning, they suddenly ran out at speed, and they were, like, white as a ghost, basically. Um, Although they could just have been nicking something. I do think that. That is the first thing I think. Although, to be fair, that antique shop wasn't really small things. It was quite bigger things. Mm. You'd have to be quite strong. Yeah. But, I mean, they might have... They thought it was strange. Yeah. Because... People so, don't tend to do no. that, do they? No. So it's a really interesting story that... I, I mean, we've probably touched on this story a couple of times during the podcast, but I don't think we've actually sat down and no. like, really talked through all of the things that have happened. No. Um, I did, like, as I was like reading through my notes and stuff, I did kind of come up with my usual little list of random questions. Mm. One of them is, like, do we think that Sarah is sentient? Well... I found... Have you heard of kobolds? Kobolds? I feel like maybe I have. Yeah, so a kobold is a a German word, and it's um, a kind of ghost 
that kind of seems to fit the bill when it comes to her. And so they are mischievous spirits playing tricks on humans and doing things to unsettle whoever is occupying its space. They can be malevolent or benevolent, depending on circumstances. And the name comes from the element cobalt, the Mm -hmm. blue, I take it, that, uh, because Mm -hmm. medieval miners blamed the sprite for the poisonous and troublesome nature of cobalt, which has got arsenic ores in it, so probably just kill people, I should imagine. Um, and it's like, um, it's, it's, it would be an in- classed as an intelligent ghost haunting. Okay. So therefore, it's a responsive human entity. Okay. Um, with which you would have a form of intera- kind of interactive communication, yeah. whether or not you're part of that, yeah. as in it could be something done to you mm. or to your shop but it's a so it's not like it's a, a historic <clears throat> or like no so it's kind of like the personality of somebody who lived or died in this place and is trapped in our world or between ours and another realm and they might not actually want to go back mm. they might although they're trapped it might be that they're quite they're happy fine. yeah and, and so therefore some of this stuff is quite playful yeah because they're not actually because actually apart from that very last account when the person was paralyzed from the waist down no one seems to have felt particularly threatened by it i mean the mirrors turning around is a bit creepy but it could still be viewed as playful yeah and the taping up again a little bit creepy but yeah could be viewed as play the typewriter and footsteps it's all fairly like non-threatening and and pat simmons obviously didn't feel threatened at all no so yeah i I kind of that that's why that this kobold Hmm. idea rang a bell because it's kind of they're it's just a human personality and they're basically saying hello i'm I'm here here." um and whereas you'd normally interpret that as gosh i need to quickly put my Mm. scooby-doo hat on and and help you through to the other side um, it may be she doesn't want to, you know, she just wants to have attention. It's yeah. an attention-seeking thing. Ghost. If that's the case, maybe that original story of her being killed, like murdered, because there is no record of that. No. Um, maybe that is just completely fabricated because people feel there needs to be a just to a fit f- the ghost. Yeah, that yeah. feel people feel needs, there needs to be a backstory. It seems very strange that in a in Victorian times when they were obsessed with ghosts. And they had a really handy murder mm. on site that she didn't appear until Radio Rentals opened yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean... So, I mean, it could just be a former resident, uh, you know, a former landlady yeah. or, like, maybe a daughter of and, someone who just maybe died there and actually has really good memories of the Maybe building. then that makes sense if, if about the dress, that yeah. if it's a much younger ghost, mm. then suddenly that makes sense. Yeah. It might not even be anything to do with that story. It could just be somebody attached to that building who liked living who there. liked living there, and is letting you know she's still about. Yeah. You know, there's no kind of as as Pat as Pat put it. There's no clanking of chains. There's no there's no kind of scares, are no. there? It's just uh, she's someone just is there. About, yeah. Yeah. And there's it's, there's not anything specific that necessarily happens in the attic where this murder was meant to have taken place. No. There's no like it's downstairs. Yeah. Isn't it's it? more downstairs. So I do actually now we've talked it through. I feel and more like it. yeah <laughs> that the murder is kind of a a made up element 
just to, it's very to handy, justify the isn't it? It's very yeah. handy that we don't, you know, that there's this confusion about why she was murdered. It's not a simple husband-wife, mm. you know, so therefore, as it's not a husband-wife, you immediately think, oh, well, she must have been a yeah. sex worker. And also, it says a house of ill repute, but there's no evidence no. that it ever was anything more than a pub. I mean, to be fair, pubs at that time, maybe Ooh. they had, like, a, 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 a sex worker who kind of lived or, or worked from that place mm. and maybe had a room upstairs, but mm. it's not, like, a specific brothel. brothel. No. No, I and, think, and I think if it was, it would have been in the papers. Yeah, like I would have been able and to the, find and something. And the execution, one hundred percent, would have been. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. So we we would have been able to find that. Yeah. And we would have been able to find out why. And I mean, those execu- execution notes are actually really very good. detailed. Aren't and they? because an execution was such a, a jolly day out. Yeah. There was lots and lots of material to yeah. find on I that. I think we would have found... Because they, they would have referenced as to where the murder took yeah. place and there's nothing. And that tale would have been passed down and down and down, like yeah. the Burnham murderers, like poisoners, like all of those, Red Barn, all yeah. of those ones that we know immediately because they're so famous. Yeah. If you, you, you can't tell me that someone killed somebody at the top of 19 Magdalene Street... And then was executed, and we don't know about mm. it because I just find that really unlikely. Yeah. It's a it's a great ghost story. Do you know? Isn't do it? we know where the name Sarah came from? Because I know sometimes it's Sarah, sometimes it's Sarah. We went with Sarah. We, we had a chat beforehand and decided we'd go for Sarah. Yeah. So if we're wrong, if you could just let us know, Sarah, that would be Sarah. That but would I be don't great. know where that even name even came from. No, no, I don't know. I mean, again, it was obviously Pat Simmons knew it as Sarah. Mm. I don't know, how does this ever happen? Someone mm. names them, don't they? Unless, I mean, it's not like she tapped it out, is it? Although there was Unless a seance. Well, so that, maybe but that was, was after, yeah. you know. It's a bit confusing, isn't it? It is confusing. The one thing that isn't confusing is this is one of the few ones where we have lots and lots of witness accounts. Yeah. Loads of them are witness accounts. Yeah. And you also have the BSIG going along, yeah. God bless them, and actually finding something. Yeah. And as we've said, they are super scully, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, and they, if they say that they experienced something, I believe they did. that they did. Yeah. So for them to have come out of that saying something happened and we heard mm. something, that I would say there is something mm. there. And whether or not the story has become confused over time is a whole different matter, yeah. isn't it? Norfolk is brought to you by Arch and Podcasts. For all advertising and sponsorship inquiries, contact matt.withers at archant.co.uk. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash archant.